everybody hi we are from the future we're gonna need your pants and your underpants it's the rad years podcast what is happening i think more people liked last year's show uh e-rock you could be the the barometer uh I promised everyone, like, listen, it's not, it's called James Bond show, but, you know, we're not just mm-hmm. talking strict James Bond. Squeezer knows about the and movies. And you made clear, sorry, go ahead. No, no, yeah, I, I, I didn't know Jack, I don't, I, you know, I saw, I've seen a handful of them, the newer ones, mm-hmm. and some of the old ones that, that, uh, Enchant- Enchantress is a fan, but, you know, I was talking about the, the ancillary James Bond uh, yeah, like, why is it snowstorming? Your... What? <clears throat> Sorry, I was clearing my throat. Right. I, I I want to apologize in advance. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be a mess tonight. Uh, I, I was lazy, so I just decided to run over the leaves with the lawnmower. So it's just yeah, breathing in leaf dust. Leaf dust, huh? Yeah. So squeezers, little allergies are gonna be a little. Yeah. You're acting like that's a thing. White girls in the suburbs fucking chop that shit up <laughs> with a razor. And... Is that going to be the next? Ah, uh, yeah. Channel five. Next to ten, leaf dust. White girls dressed like Han Solo snorting leaf dust <laughs> for that <laughs> winter, for that fall high. Downing it with two pumpkin spice lattes. News at eleven. Film at eleven. <laughs> Film, film. Um. So, we. Uh, I've I've been telling you all about Schmuffin's health and how she's been de- uh, deteriorating, uh, Squeezer, and yeah. uh, bad, horrible, horrible, sad, horrible, sad news. Um, our poor little Schmuffers uh, passed away Saturday night. Um, she had a, it was a, the diagnosis was a brain tumor and it was big and there was really nothing they can do. And, you know, we could have, you know, if we got to a point, tried radiation, but who knows if that would have just been keeping her around in misery for us. Uh, you know, who knows, but she, she's plus cats don't understand what they're going through. So it's, they just think that you're hurting them. Well, I I guess. Yeah. She doesn't even like taking a ride in the car. So she passed away at the house. It was a, it was a, yeah, it was a sad weekend, but it was also a yeah. weird, like, exciting weekend because Enchantress was running uh, the New York City Marathon, which is a crazy scene, Squeezer, through the five boroughs of New York City. Um, yeah, we, so Friday before we left, she wasn't, she, Thursday she was at the, the vet. She came home. She was shot out of a cannon running around pure schmuffin then friday morning she took a turn for the worse 
was not doing good. Uh, was very like, and she was like purring. And for some reason, I like, had this sense that she was dying. But we got mm-hmm. a hold of the vet neurologist. You know, I could call myself a vet neurologist, I guess. <laughs> and he was like, "No, this is normal. She'll she'll snap." We're like, "Do we? Should we take her to the vet and you know and put her out of her misery, put her down so we can be there with her?" He's like, "No, I wouldn't do that yet. She's got twenty four to forty eight hours." Um, so we decided to head to Manhattan and, um, for her, the marathon. So Friday night and my brother and Diana's sister were taking care of her, giving her medicine while we were gone. We're up there. Uh, I don't know. I was just about to ask if you've ever been to a marathon. Uh, oh, it's not like I've ran one. (laughs) I've watched plenty of them. (laughs) You've... I've seen them on TV. Yeah. So, us marathoners, when we're at the marathon, we're at the expo. So, it was weird uh, seeing in shape people at the Javits Center. Really? Yeah. Normally, I see these. Is it easier to get through aisles? You don't have to turn sideways as much? (laughs) Yeah, right. Normally, when I'm at the Javits Center, Squeezer, it's for New York Comic. Last time I was there was right before the end of the world, right? Toy Fair. We are, you and I were there yeah. for Toy Fair in 2020 in February, uh, and the talk of the fair was was with coronavirus and uh, China and and, uh, and supply chains. Like we weren't, it wasn't like a, a, a scenario where yeah, it, it was, was slowing sh- down us getting our toys made in China. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a scenario that it was going to shut down. Um, it was going to shut down everything here, but nonetheless. Uh, we were there. Then the world shut down with COVID, and that was the last time I was at the Javits Center. Normally, I'm at the Javits Center though for New York Comic Con and NAB, which is a television uh, trade show. So, yeah, yeah, never seen anyone in shape in the Javits Center until um, <laughs> the New York City Marathon Expo. Uh, so you go to the expo. You overspend on clothing that has the the logo on there, but it's worth it because it's the fiftieth. It was the did they finally? Did they finally? Did they finally sell all the salads down in the food court that just sit there the entire time? Yeah, got rid of those. So um, it was the fiftieth running of said marathon squeezer. Then uh, you know we went to to dinner somewhere in Midtown. Back to we're at the Sheraton on Fifty Second, not far from the park. Uh, stone's throw from Times Square. Usually places I avoid like the plague in New York City. Mm-hmm. Happened to be there were some things in Times Square that I had keen interest in. One being this giant LED three D ish ad for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh I got to see. Cool? It's really cool. It was really fucking cool. Uh, I sent in the, a video of it in the group chat. Um, you could see on YouTube. You could find like, but it doesn't like. You need sunglasses at night to look at this fucking thing. It's so bright. Like Times Square, <laughs> man. I haven't been there in years. It's fucking bright down there. God damn. God damn. So, uh, then we went to bed. Got up. The, she 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 got me up early the next morning. Much to my chagrin, but it was smarter first, so we can get to the Stranger Things pop-up store that was in Times Square. It was opening Saturday, Stranger Things Day. We get down there, we we show up. That there's no one in line. 
show up and we're like, hey, can we go in? They're like, do you have tickets? Because there was online ticket queues that were free, but you had to sign up. And I, when I wanted to sign up, you couldn't go till like Tuesday at like four o'clock. So mm-hmm. uh, we get there and we're like, no, we don't have tickets. They're like, oh, well, hold on. Let me check. And they're like, okay, you guys can go in. We're like, what the fuck? So we go in. And like you walk, like to, when you go in, you walk through like the opening credits. It's all this like red neonish, like lines and str- the Stranger Things logo. And then you walk mm-hmm. in the uh, the Behar's um, living room with the couch and the the Ouija boardish Christmas light on the on the wall. You know, with the letters painted, and there, mm-hmm. it's there's like a store there too. They're selling. Uh, merch obviously and i had to buy it all <laughs> what'd you get i got a couple uh apple watch bands one that was like an old vhs sticker and the other was an old cassette tape sticker uh, i got like a, a black felt blacklight poster and they were selling these general mills boxes of cereal that were like stranger oh, thingsified so i got two you're only allowed to get one per person and there was a lucky charm cinnamon toast crunch and cheerios I got the Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Enchantress got the Lucky Charms, and then I ordered the... I was able to get the Cheerios online. They were selling them on Netflix.store for $19.86 a piece, which makes you think this takes place in the spring of 1986. Um, so after you left there, you there were like the area you check out was set up like the Starcourt Mall, and there was some more... like They were selling like Ghostbuster stuff, and they were selling... Um, Stranger Things toys, and then there was a a Palace Arcade, and they actually had arcade games you could play. Um, oh, cool! Like uh, t- Time, uh, yeah, yeah, Centipede like- and uh, Dig Dug oh, cool. and a few others. And then there was uh, they had the snowball set up for you know when Dustin went to the snowball. They went to the snowball at the end of season two. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a giant Demogorgon coming out of the wall. That's a photo opportunity. There's the two bikes photo opportunity. Would you see, if you look at my Instagram, you see the picture. It clearly is, I have no idea how to take a picture. I'm just like, uh, she's this woman screaming who's taking the picture, screaming like, no, there's a damn Gorgon. And I'm just like, why are you screaming, lady? <laughs> um, like, I, Enchantress is doing this shtick and acting, and I'm just like, no. Uh, but they have like the school set up. It's really, it's really cool. It's a really cool setup. You get, I saw Jay, uh, of, um, and I, I was like, I think that's Jay <laughs> from purple stuff. And Enchantress is like, who from what? <laughs> uh, I'm like, I, he does uh, another podcast I listen to and he runs sludge central. I'm like, I, I, he looks like he's in the rush. I, I was like, I wonder if Matt from dinosaur Dracula is here. He was not, I don't know if he's the biggest stranger things fan anyway. Uh, and I, I, I messaged Jay and he, or, and tagged him on in, in Instagram. Cause he, like, I took a picture of the star card. I'm like, Oh shit, Jay's in the picture. And he's like, yeah, I goes, I was in and out of there so quick. Cause I'm sure he drove up and parked and, in, in t- near times square. And like, I think it, they charge you by the second. <laughs> so he was against, he was probably against <laughs> the clock to get out of it. So we leave there. Uh, we dropped the stuff back off at the hotel cause I had to buy so much crap. And then um, we uh, take the subway down. They, she's just wanted to make sure she got the subway route that she had. She had to take the Staten Island ferry, Staten Island ferry in the morning squeezer. So um, Staten Island ferry. We stop at uh, the Ghostbusters headquarters because for Comic Con and Halloween they put the sign out front, 
and it was mm-hmm. still up. So we got our the pictures, and I didn't take one of me, but I took pictures of the Ghostbusters headquarters uh, and Trebek. Oh, you have to. It's, well, it's like it's like my dad. Like he took all these pictures. Like when we would go to all these races, there isn't like there's one picture I think of he and I together. Everything else is just pictures of like hmm. the car, or there's the picture of the trailer that the car goes into. <laughs> oh, there's a tire. Yeah. Well, just just uh, out of uh, respect to Ghostbusters, we took we were and then we ate, we took had a, had a drink at the bar across the street. Um. Then we went to Barcade Squeezer. Oh, cool. Yeah, played some old arcade. Tapper, the old X-Men arcade, you know, the one that's not in my office currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a six-player, two-CRT one. Ooh, fancy. Uh, we played... Um, uh, they, they had a Halloween pinball machine that was fucking awesome. Um, like some arcade games, retro arcade games, Squeezer. Had fun doing that. And uh, by the time we got back, we had dinner, and uh, we were in the the bar at night, and uh, Diana's sister called and said, Shmuffin passed. So, <laughs> and, of course, Enchantress had to wake up and run 26.2 miles the next uh, day. So, tough weekend. It was, like, bittersweet, because it was a fun weekend, but we lost little poor Shmuffers. Yeah, sweet, sweet little kitty. She'll forever be missed. Yeah, are are, are you gonna go back and through all the episodes and cut together like a in memoriam? I should have heard like her. Run- no, fuck out! Shit, fuck nope. And that, cutting out. That was more Olive when she was a kitten. Oh, that's true too. Olive would pull cables and stuff. Uh, Schmuffin would just run in and scream like, "Hello, yeah. <laughs> I'm here." Uh, she's she's not that heavy, but she she'd stomp, she'd run in and just wow, like oh, hey Shmovin, hey Shmovin, and you know she'd say it a few times, and then she you go to pet her and she'd run out. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> um, she's a sweet kitty, and uh, she will be missed. Um, more Stranger Things news: the the trailer for se- another teaser for season four dropped. Did you see that? Not yet. I haven't. I didn't step side you know, step inside the house today until. Well, this was Saturday, but okay. It was Saturday. Yeah. I don't. Oh. What day is it today? It is Wednesday. Holy shit! That went fast. So Saturday, uh, Stranger Things Day, they dropped a, another teaser. Um, the buyers and Eleven are in California. California, Silicon Valley, and um, you know, missing. She's going. She's apparently visiting uh, Mike during spring break, and cannot wait for spring break. But it, uh, then they announced the release date, summer of 2022, when the kids are old enough to drink. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and then uh, they released the names of the episodes. So we're slowly getting closer to Stranger Things for. Uh, next week is our Ghostbuster show, Squeezer. Another Ghostbuster. I got. Do you have your tickets yet? No, I I thought you were just gonna buy us a theater. Uh no, no. Uh, I got my tickets <laughs> for the four o'clock showing at my theater on Thursday night. I it takes a little more plan. I I probably won't see it the first two nights or two. We'll see. 
Oh, it might this, have to be like a Monday night kind of thing. This is what I've been waiting for forever. Uh, I mean, I'm a bigger Ghostbusters fan. I'm like how people treat Star Wars and like Marvel and other things. I treat a, a franchise of two movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm with you. I cannot, absolutely cannot wait. It's just timing wise, it's not going to. It's hard. Uh, yeah, I'm take. I took off that day. <laughs> I have tons of vacation. What the fuck else am I going to use it for? I'm I, t- I, I took off to cut the grass. So I did that too on Monday. It was glorious. Um, was... the AMC. I'm. We're seeing it at AMC. I don't know if they have their liquor license at ours yet because they just reopened as AMC again. But there, the MacGuffin mm-hmm. Bar has a Ghost Trap drink mixed with Crystal Head Vodka, Dan Aykroyd's. Vodka. Oh. Yes. Um, I don't know what it looks like a greenish drink. Um, Is it just vodka and ecto cooler? Uh, probably. I mean, and then there's also, I just was sent a from Joe Brewer a, a, a screenshot that ecto cooler might be coming back. Um, so there's a chance we might be getting ecto cooler back. Also, uh, I'm, I got more news. I'm, I'm going all day, Squeeze. I'm dominating the intro. Oh, yeah. Uh, Paul Rudd was named People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. How many copies did you buy? I, I feel like, you, I, you know how I like to take credit for a lot of things I had nothing to do with on this show? Uh-huh. Yep. I yep. do feel like, and you could attest for this because you've known me for mm-hmm. a long time. I've been on the Paul mm-hmm. Rudd train before anybody as my man crush. He's just... Since I saw him, Clueless. In, no, I didn't like him in Clueless because that mm. that that whole line was weird, and I was like, "Well, this guy, fuck this Paul Rudd guy." And then I <laughs> saw him in Anchorman, and I was like, "This man is a fucking genius." Then Forty Year Old Virgin, and I'm like, "God damn, he's more than a genius. He is one of the funniest actors." And then, um, I love you, man. He solidified. It's one of my favorite people in Hollywood. Uh, he he had so many funny fucking lines. Um, what the fuck did he say? He said, I'm going to lean into it hard. I'm going to own this. I'm not going to try to be like, oh, I'm so modest. I'm getting business cards made. <laughs> <laughs> but all my friends will destroy me, and I expect them to. And that's why they're my friends. And he also said, like, he hopes to get invited to sexy parties, and he he expects to be on more yachts and get deep into yachting. <laughs> like his interview is just classic ball rod, like totally making a fucking dick out of People Magazine for well, me. You have to the whole thing is absurd. Yeah, except when it's George Clooney, then it makes sense. But no, Paul Rudd uh, is the, it, yeah. the the on the mag, on the front cover. It says hashtag Crush for Life, and I'm like, that's all you got to say. <laughs> It's the cover says, oh, yes, Paul Rudd, sexiest man alive, a marvel of a man. You're welcome. <laughs> He's just so damn charming. You see some of yourself in him, don't you? I I mean, I'm not handsome, but I think, oh, of, myself, yes, I think of myself as charming. Yeah. You talked your way into a Stranger Things store. Yeah, by saying uh, four of us. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get in? How many are there? Four. Let me see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Charm. 
You know, you're born with it, kid. Is it because you were already standing there with your Apple Watch, like, with your Apple Pay already loaded up, ready to go? And they yeah, they, they saw, like, oh, this fucking Mark's going to come in here and spend his fucking allowance, because I'm sure he's still with his mom. That's probably his, the attractive girl with him is probably his sister, definitely not his girlfriend. We'll let him in. It might even be a make-a-wish situation. It's good publicity, <laughs> nonetheless. Let him in. He is drooling. So... Let him in. Well, as you're standing there yammering on about these $20 cereal boxes that you have to buy. Right. Listen. Sold. I'm not too proud for pity. All right? (laughs) They also announced an IMAX exclusive Ghostbusters Afterlife fan event. And we could go if there wasn't 6A district football championships. Fuck. It's Friday, November 19th. And they're going to live stream at the IMAX Theater. Jason and Ivan Reitman uh, uh, introing the movie, talking Easter eggs. And you get an IMAX exclusive art mini poster and more. And one of the locations is the Regal UA King of Prussia IMAX Theater. When is it? The 19th? Yeah, Friday. Ah. You're working. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. To, sorry to let you know. Hang on. Let me go. No. I could change that. <laughs> All right. Just when you're like, wondering where I am, I'll send you a picture. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be fucking sniffing leaf dust in your yard. <laughs> Even <laughs> if you weren't working, you're not going to this. <laughs> send you a picture. What is that leaf dust? What is he sending me a picture of this for? As I'm in the IMAX theater. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's that, that one day that video you watch in health class. What the dangers of having children? The, 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 the danger, oh that too, but the, <laughs> the dangers of leaf dust. Oh, past that you blow that life uh, once in a lifetime moment. I could have been there. I could have been at the concert, but I got too high on leaf dust. So don't be a basic white girl. <laughs> I was addicted to pumpkin pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> Uh, painting wood while I bring my own bottles of wine and sniffing leaf dust in the corner. <laughs> I know, Chad's just going to kill me for that painting wood <laughs> comment, but... <laughs> well, that's something white women do. They get together and they uh, they pay to, to paint, like, wood and shit, you know? Well, that's a th- I do that. No, like like, artistically... Like make like home deck fall decorations, you know. Oh. Yeah. No, I actually like build things and then paint them. Decoupage. Oh. Actually, the- I was I was working on my new workbench today, so. She doesn't scrapbook, so. Oh. That's good. Um. But next week we're talking a lot of Ghostbusters. It's not our Ghostbuster yeah. show. Next week is our Ghostbuster show. This week, we are talking the incomparable. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I can't do a good Arnold. Yeah, well, who Daryl pointed out that this was just an excuse for you to just do Arnold all day. Yeah. Next, and then after Ghostbusters, then we have the Vince show. Oh um, yeah, do we? No. Oh, I was gonna say that's gonna be we fun. Good. Goddamn, pal! What a show. 
talk about my vascularity. <laughs> See, we don't need an excuse. We just... Hey, Vince. Arms are looking great. Could use a little more oil, though. I gotcha. <laughs> that is for uh, Bray Wyatt, or what's what's he going? No, Wyndham. Wyndham. Uh, Rotunda. Hitting on Johnny Ace and Bruce Burchard. Uh, what else did they want? They wanted to hear an impression. I might as well fucking piss off everybody by doing the impression they want to hear. They wanted to hear Dr. Ever having a debate with, I, I don't know, he's a man who's macho. He's not that impressive to me. Yeah, let me tell you something, Dr. Evil. You call yourself a doctor, but I see you acting more like a nurse. Walking around cleaning bedpans with your tongue because you're a little girl who doesn't have what it takes to talk and walk the walk with the macho man. Read the boots. <laughs> yeah, why are you talking to me like I'm not in the room, all right? I, I don't know. You're not, you're not, you're, you're just... You're talking to an imaginary camera. That it does. It, I, I don't know. Anyone else notice this? Is this weird or is it me? Listen, the cream always rises to the top, and just like the color of his bald head, Doctor Evil's going to the bottom. That doesn't even make sense. Am I the cream or what? <laughs> if I'm the cream, I go to the top. You know, I I am the leader of a a. Evil corporation. You're just a man who wears glittery bathrobes. <laughs> when I go into like outside of like Doctor Evil's normal things, I lose it. It starts breaking down. Yeah, glittery <laughs> bathrobes. I don't know. And then they said throw Jesse Ventura in there, but I don't really have a good Ventura. It kind of sounds like my my pillow guy. I don't just. I don't know, macho man. What are you going to do with this creep? I'm going to live off the grid in Mexico. Uh, Ventura here to talk to Vince McMahon. McMahon, you look like a little girl in that blue suit. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Macho's out there wearing his glittery, glittery robe and this doctor guy dressed like he's out of a James Bond movie just has me pissed off, all right? <laughs> That's my Jesse. What'd you think? Uh, there's, uh, if you if you did one of those like '80s comics things where it's like, here's my impression of Jesse Ventura, and then you do it, you go, oh, that's Jesse Ventura. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a little bit here or there. I hear it. It's, mid it's got that midwestern. Uh, yeah. McMahon, you look, you're sitting there in your baby blue suit, McMahon. You're talking about this Dr. Evil like he's somebody who's going to hurt you. I don't know. Macho's going to come in here all hopped up on Elizabeth dust and freaking kick his skull in. <laughs> well, I don't know, pal. <laughs> Goddamn, pal. What are you doing? I don't know. I, I feel like me and this Vince McMahon are kind of the same person. I, I he's got good hair and 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 he's bulging in places, but I I I see I see the same person. It's two characters who are we're on the same arc. It doesn't. It's not going to work for this. I see. I lose it when I. You started going like Jesse Ventura in there. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, McMahon. I, I, <laughs> 
And then Arnold, I can uh, get to the chop. <laughs> You're forgetting the first rule in the classic situation. I'm not going to lie. You're going to hear an Arnold impersonation uh, later on in the show. And you're going to go, why didn't they just call me? <sighs> um, my, your Dr. Evil kind of sounds like Trump. I don't, I, I don't. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, it's it's when like a, when someone who's like a megalomaniac they say I don't know collectively like am I wrong? It's like I don't know am I wrong? I don't know who's this doctor? Eve. A lot of people tell me he's not even a doc. I don't know. Did he go to med school? I went to Penn. You know, I I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like that pompousness. Yeah. Thanks, Manny. Uh, chasing plastic. Everybody. Closed caption saying. Daryl E-Rock, of course, giving shout out to Schmuffers. Uh, and they say, why, when you do Jesse, you just got to say, do you want to know why, McMahon? <laughs> uh, so now that we lost everybody listening, should we start the show? Yeah, now we can start the show. You start tonight. Uh, Ooh, my your turn. first pick on retro. Oh, can we comment on, do you like my uh, YouTube graphic? Oh, let me see what we got over here. Scroll that Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, sometimes I even impress myself. Here's our Squeezer's first pick for Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, it's, it's very important to know how to properly flex. Yeah, let's go over some simple poses like this. Come on, try it. Yeah, try it. That's, good. Come on, That's good. Yeah, oh, flex. No, 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 guys, flex. hold on. Guys, hold on, hold on, hold on. There are more important things than posing. That's okay. right, that's right. Before no. you pause, it's very important to properly oil your body. No, that's right, so that you can accent your cuts and your muscle definition. Yeah. Fellas, come on. You, you, we have to learn here about how to exercise. Yeah, yeah, cousin, it's all good to exercise, but sooner or later, they're going to have to learn how to compete. That's right. Okay, now right. before you yeah. oil up, it's very important to shave all your body hair. Yeah, that's right. We are completely hairless, believe me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, guys, this is not about competition. This is about exercising. Listen, fellas, hear me now and believe me later. What you're doing here is you're putting the carriage in front of the horse. That's not what we want to do. And if you continue on this way, I'm going to twist your flap into the shape of a pacifier. And I'm going to have you suck on it until you poop in your diapers. Huh? How about that? Got, he got aggro there. Yeah. Uh, he finally, yeah, he lost his patience with his cousins, Hans and Franz. We will pump you up. Uh, one of the great SNL catchphrases. I, this is one of the uh, one of the best recurring re, recurring yes recurring sketches uh, of all time. One of my favorites, and it's just because Kevin Screeling. What's that? I said with Kevin Screeling. Kevin Screeling? I was making fun of you. Rescreeling, rescoring, Kevin Screeling. Oh, wow. I didn't think you would. That was just, I didn't think you would try to hurt me like that. I do all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Because the premise is just, it's kind of ridiculous, and it's just a setup for them just to be mean. And mean using. Uh, bodybuilder uh, shame innuendo and language to just mock 
out of shape people. Mm-hmm. And that's your audience. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, and of course, it. And most Kevin of the Nealon, cast of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Nealon came up with the idea when he was like late night, probably on the road, sitting in a hotel room, uh, touring and watching an Arnold interview like late at night. And that's when it came to him. You're and the pomp. Dana Carvey developed these characters. You are. And they came up with the with the the punchline. We're gonna pump you up, and then and then it started as like a them doing a demonstration, and it like kind of mocking, you know, the whole bodybuilder thing. But then at the end of the first sketch is when they just start becoming really well. You could say aggro, I guess. Uh, really, just like making fun of the audience. Uh, they even. Let's see. Uh, quotes from the first one. Um, that's right. You just get out of your, f- just. That's right. You just get out of our face and have another bowl of Hagen Dazs. If you don't work out, somebody should grab you by the jockstrap and give you a wedgie of your life. Yeah, you fat slutty pigs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they were doing this, this bit for a while, and it is a sketch, and then Arnold loved it because <laughs> he <laughs> gets it. That's very funny. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even though they're they're making fun of Arnold, they're poking fun at him, but he gets it. It's a joke, and we'll get back to this because there's someone that was involved that didn't quite get the joke, and you're gonna be blown away who this was. Um, and uh, they actually like took this beyond SNL. So they were at the Arnold Classic. They were like the masters of ceremonies of the one year. Uh, they made appearances at the White House. Um for like the presidential uh the council of fitness that Arnold was in charge of for <laughs> Bill Clinton uh it was George W Bush uh H. H. W. Bush at the time yeah okay. um but yeah it, it it was beyond SNL who it didn't was get beyond the, the pop culture thing who didn't who, get the joke who wasn't in on it uh so <clears throat> there was a host uh, that, uh, there was a particular host on SNL that week that was involved in the sketch. And they are one of, I think, two or three people that Laura Michaels has blacklisted from ever hosting again. Uh, Let's see. He's an action star. We've talked to him about him before. Jean-Claude Van Damme? No, no. Uh, he cried in uh, Executive Decision when his character died. Uh, Dolph Lundgren? No, Steven Seagal. Oh, Steven Seagal. I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't exec- I'm like, executive decision. What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the three movies that's always on in the break room. What's Usually like? it's Demolition Man, but... I don't get this. <clears throat> um, So he was involved in this sketch, and they wrote it up where Steven Seagal was supposed to be like the special guest... But the entire time, Hans and Franz are just shitting on Steven Seagal that Arnold could kick his ass. Because they're his cousin. Like, like they're obsessed with Arnold. Like, that was the joke. It was like an unhealthy obsession. Not necessarily saying that Arnold could kick Steven Seagal's ass. It's just, it's a joke. It's Saturday Night Live. It's a comedy show. And I guess it went through all week and finally, like, he stormed off after, uh the final dress rehearsal, Dana Carvey had 
to go over and talk to him in the corner. And Steven Seagal just starts muttering, I wish Arnold was here so I could kick his ass right now. <laughs> so they had like rewrite the entire thing. Like he they he really thought like they were saying like he could not separate the fact that it was a joke. He just heard Arnold's gonna kick his ass and it just pissed him off to no end. You couldn't get over it. I mean How thin must your skin be it must be awful going through that existence. Yeah. Meanwhile, Arnold rolls with the punches, takes the joke, yeah. makes fun of himself. Yeah, well, I mean, makes fun he... of himself in his own movie. Like half half the movies where he, with his accent, it's almost jokingly look at this silly Arnold guy in this silly situation. Mm, yeah, yes, it is. And uh, just and then you have Squazer. It's called a fish out of water. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Arnold. <laughs> Didn't mean to... Wow, it's like he's here with us. Um But yeah, any any SNL sketch where especially cuz they break the fourth wall cuz it's a show within a show and they're mocking the audience directly and they're just being mean to them, I always find amusing. And this is the best one. Well, I mean, Hans and Franz go away, and now they sell Reese's peanut butter cups with potato chips in them, so. Hmm. Maybe they should have stuck around. Yeah. Oh, they also they also did a, uh, uh, what's the insurance, uh, State oh, Farm yeah, commercial, yeah, right? It, yeah. Was it State Farm? Yeah. With, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think they were training him. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was a couple of years ago. America's least favorite quarterback right now. Don't worry, he consulted with Dr. Joe Rogan, though. Listen, I don't care either way what you do or not, but just don't say I consulted with Joe. That's like saying I've consulted with RK and Squeezer at the Radiers podcast. Yes, stop consulting with us. Yeah, don't consult with me. I consulted with RK, and he said that... Uh, I should drink 12 beers a night. It will make me healthy and robust. Yeah. I, I, I suggest you don't want it, the extra calories and the alcoholism. So just, you got to be careful with it because too much can be addicting. But just huff a little leaf dust. and Take the edge off. Yeah. Uh, huffing leaf dust is a great way to do when you're uh, smoking a entire brisket to eat that night. <laughs> Which would be your day. I'm saying when I have alcoholism, you have eating too much. Sorry. I have an eating disorder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's no question. <laughs> I would have called disorder. You're healthy. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think I am. I don't think I am either. So I really... all, the, all those measurement systems that they put in place say uh, otherwise. So. <laughs> I really can't. I really can't judge. It was Scales, the, the... tape measures, BMI, they're all a little. <laughs> the funniest moment, and this was years ago. We were shooting a commercial in a bowling alley for a um, it was me and you, and it was with them. I think it was with one of the mascots, and they had a bunch of kids there, and they brought them out pizzas. And the kids all left, everyone left, and we were wrapping up, they're like, you could have the pizza. And it was maybe around dinner time, and we were all, like, leaving, we're good. And <laughs> you're staring at it, and you're wrapping it up, <laughs> and you're wrapping up. And all of a sudden, you go, yeah, I'm a fat fuck, and <laughs> you just start eating the pizza. 
because you couldn't bear to let that pizza go to waste. Well, it was I, just wrong. I don't know if it was the cheapness in you or the 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 food freaking you. But like, I guess you could have said the same if they left like a twelve or a, or like a, a six. So they bought a six pack of Heineken. There were three Heinekens there. I'd be staring at them the same way. Well, I I wouldn't have. Uh, I probably wouldn't have hung out as long with the pizza as I did. Like trying to, it's like fuck it, let's get the beers. Because I could have sold you on that. I can't sell you on pizza. Yeah, right. You were just waiting for me to say, let's eat this, guys, first. And I want nothing to do with that gross yeah. boy. That, and that was so pizza. long ago, I was waiting. Now I'm like, I know he's not going to do anything. <laughs> in fact, I got to eat this before he throws it in the trash. Or, <laughs> you know, kind of like voids it, like writing void on the check <laughs> or punching a hole in your driver's license. As I would. Oh. There are hungry kids in this world as you take it upside down, slap it face down the floor, and they will not have this pizza. Neither will you. <laughs> Neither will you. As I'm as I'm peeling cheese <laughs> above a bowling room floor. <laughs> just wiping it off with a napkin out of those little dispensers they have sitting on the table. Yeah, well, it's still good. Yeah, it's still good. It's still good. Uh, hold it over hold it over the hand blower on the ball return trying to blow the dirt off of it. That's a good way. That's a good trick. Take it to take the pizza to one of those ball cleaners. I'm sure I'll get all the dirt on it. <laughs> all right. Uh my first Arnold pick. I have never talked about this ever in the history of Rad Years. <laughs> and the first rule in a crisis situation. You negotiate first. <laughs> And you attack last. Well, you negotiate first and then you attack. You never negotiated. Nah. You don't know what kind of an enemy I am. The second rule in a crisis situation. Uh-oh. He's starting that funny talk again. If you choose to bluff, you must be prepared to have your bluff called. You forgot the third rule in a crisis situation. The third rule? Third rule? Yeah. Third rule. The third rule. Duck! Ah, such a classic movie. One of my favorites. <laughs> Ivan Reitman, director of Ghostbusters, father of director of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Just let those chains fall. <laughs> directed this movie twins about a movie imagining what if arnold schwarzenegger was twin brothers with danny devito (laughs) two stars danny devito is one of the funniest people on the planet i know i liked him in twins Mm -hmm. but i never loved danny devito until always sunny in philadelphia which he is probably the funniest motherfucking person yeah i mean you always knew he was funny he was always funny. You, you knew but he it's was funny, like but you didn't know he was how always... depraved he was till Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I say that in the, the best, most yeah. complimentary way. Where it's like you have this brilliant comedic actor that can do a great job reading great comedic lines. But you feel like very just he's you're letting him be himself and just do his thing. Yeah, and, and hysterical. Um, so they make this movie... Uh, where Arnold, and it's one of Arnold's first comedies. I guess they realize Arnold's funny. 
he could be funny and he can make a lot of money. And mm-hmm. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it is his first. Um, I think it's his first comedy. Not not just first comedy. I think it's like his first film, like outside of the action genre. That that comfort zone, yeah. Right. Because I was looking into this regarding one of my movies, and it kind of ties into that conversation where this was a moment where things started to change with him. Yes, everything changed because this movie was a massive success at an $18 million budget, pulled in $216 million in the box office, and I've seen it about a billion and a half times. Uh, it, it, it it contrasts while, while Arnold is a massive... Uh, intelligent, bulking son of a bitch, and handsome, and Danny DeVito's short and and bald and and not as handsome. Uh, Arnold is naive, and and Danny DeVito is um, Vincent is street street smart and streetwise. And Julius, you're bulging. It's like you have an allergic reaction. <laughs> <laughs> well, when did this? Because I'm I'm looking now. Uh, this was 1988. 88. Uh, and it came out in December of 80. So, r- did you ever see Red Heat? Nope. It was him and, uh, uh, Jim Belushi. Nope. It's like a buddy cut. Co- yeah, alright. So, nope. So, no. So, I, yeah. It's... Arnold Schwarzenegger filmography. Yeah, so he, he did Kindergarten Cop and Junior with... Ivan Reitman after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's his filmography? Come on. You gotta scroll. His wiki page is insane. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's got if a- you just... There, if there's like two. It's like Planet Earth, and it's like, oh, wow, this is really long. And then it's Arnold. Restaurants, purse, like, fucking... Affairs, divorces. He married the Kennedy family. Where's his goddamn film? Oh, here it is. It's film. Okay, so he started with Hercules in New York. I, I would say his first <laughs> big movie was Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, like he, his documentary, which was big, Pumping but big iron. on a documentary right. scale. But yeah, Conan was like the first big blockbuster. And yeah. then the Terminator, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Then Commando. Uh, then Predator. Then The Running Man. Then Red Heat. That was comedy. Uh yeah. As I got, well, I guess buddy cop movie. Mm. But then uh, Twins was like the first big one. Then he did Total Recall. Then Kindergarten Cop. Then T two. Then Dave, oh, I forgot he was in Dave <laughs> as himself. Then Last Action Hero. Yeah. And then whatever the fuck Beretta's Island is. Direct-to-video cameo. Huh. Then True Lies. Uh, he owed someone a favor for that one, I'm he guessing. must have. Junior, Eraser, then Jingle All the Way, then Freeze, Batman and Robin, End of Days, uh, The Sixth Day, Collateral Damage. Uh, okay, sorry to interrupt, but uh, it we're, was... We're getting into the area um, where I stopped watching his movies. Yeah. Uh, Beretta's Island is a movie written by Franco Colombo, starring Franco Colombo, 
produced by Franco Colombo, who is an Italian bodybuilder. Uh... And he's a former Mr. Olympian. So, yeah. He just called in a favor, and his buddy Arnold showed up. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. I was like, what the flying fuck is this? What's that? Brad's Island. Oh, I yeah, love, I don't know. Does it? I love the poster. It's got Arnold. <laughs> uh, huge, by the way. Huge. Who makes a cameo in it. <laughs> uh, a guy who looks like a dad about to grill in the backyard holding a gun. Hell yeah. And uh, a woman who looks like a waitress at a diner. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. And then there's a gun in, in the foreground and maybe a police badge on top of that. And there's fire behind them. And is that the White House? <laughs> It's a White House, but it's not the White House. Mm, okay. They couldn't get the rights to the White House, so they... A retired Interpol officer tries to bring down the drug lord who killed his friends and threatens an entire village on the island of Sardinia. Oh, they have amazing pasta. Have you been there? No, but I've fig- I found some recipes from there. No, I haven't. I've been to Capri Squeezer, but not oh. Sardinia. Franco Colombo. Huh. He died in 2019 in Sardinia. Aww. He was only five foot five, so I guess they had to put Arnold as big behind yeah. him. Well, uh, m- most of I mean Arnold's not that big. Arnold's only like five ten anyway. Oh, only five ten? Yeah, uh, they bill him as like six two, six yeah. three. I'm but taller than Arnold Schwarzenegger. I wouldn't be surprised. He's not. All right, so I got I did see him once from a distance through a crowd. And, uh, yeah, well, he looked old. Schwarzenegger's official height of six foot two has been brought into question by several articles. Articles During his bodybuilding days in the late 1960s, it was claimed that he measured six foot 1.5 inches. He's like a Jake, Jake Libby six foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm six foot. No, you're not. <laughs> However, in 1988, both the Daily Mail and Time Out magazine mentioned Schwarzenegger appeared noticeably shorter. Prior to running for governor, Schwarzenegger's height was once again questioned by an article in an article by the Chicago Reader. As governor, Schwarzenegger engaged in lighthearted exchange with Assemblyman Herb Wesson over their heights. At one point, Wesson made an unsuccessful attempt, in his own words, to settle this once and for all and find out how tall he is by using a tailor's tape measure on the governor. Schwarzenegger retaliated by placing a pillow stitched with the words, need a lift, on the 5 foot 5 inch Wesson's chair before negotiating before a negotiating session in his office. Uh, Democrat Bob Mahalan also claimed Schwarzenegger was five foot ten and he wore risers in his boots. In nineteen ninety nine, Men's Health magazine stated his side as five foot ten. Man, I'm taller than Arnold. Hmm. I'm six foot. Yeah, so it's clearly then your approach to diet with um, fasting and alcoholism is far superior than his uh, whatever yeah, he does. Yeah, I, I grew taller. <laughs> I don't know if that's has anything to do with the one and the other, but he has more muscle in like his forearm than I do in my body. Oh god, the one the movie that I, I will talk about later, and I was watching before. There's a scene with him just rippling, jiggling biceps. I'm like, I just, you just can't. And it was put there on purpose. There's a scene in, in, in twins when, when he's, when his arm like breaks the shirt he's in and they're in the gas station yeah. and he, he takes his shirt off and Vincent's like, 
oh my god what's wrong with you what vincent he's like there's bulges and all over your body are you alert having an allergic reaction (laughs) and he puts that bad to the born to be bad t-shirt on like that's like a size child small yeah Mm -hmm. twins uh, they're making a sequel. They start shooting in Jan uh, next two months, two months January in Boston, called Triplets. And originally it was supposed to be Eddie Murphy. They couldn't get Eddie Murphy, and they settled on who might actually be better in the role. Tracy Morgan. <laughs> oh man, I know. Abby Fent. Yeah. They, they they should just let Ar- give Arnold minimum screen time and let Tracy Morgan and Danny DeVito. Tracy Morgan and Danny DeVito together own that movie. Yes. Yeah, I and I, look, I, I I love Eddie, but it would be too much about him. Right. Especially because you're going to be forking out all that Eddie money, so producers are going to insist that they have to have his face on more than anything. Tracy Morgan will just be like Dan- telling Danny Vito, I'm going to get you pregnant. <laughs> I'm going to take my shirt off. <laughs> it's like, you won't even pay him. It's like, hey, you get to be in a movie with Arnold. Like, All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it, Mr. Spaceman. <laughs> it's Spachemin. Sp- Spachemin. <laughs> Dr. Spaceman. I get my pills from Dr. Spaceman. All right. Here, uh, and also, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a member of the WWF Hall of Fame. According to this yeah. super long Wikipedia page, uh, that was that was going to be one of my picks, but then uh, I didn't. His beard there, is there, as on, ugly as mine too. My God, yeah. There, there wasn't enough there. I, I don't get why he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, I do. Cause God damn, pal! Just, what don't you get? He's fucking yeah. vascular. Look at those muscles. Ah, he's a big son of a bitch. Like, for what he's done, like he's made very few appearances on. Dude, I didn't even know he made one. On, he might have like maybe 10 minutes total screen time. I didn't even know he was on WWF at all. He did a thing. It was because I watched it. I watched a clip and it was from 2000. And see, I could have made this one of my picks. It was from a 2000. Should we save this for the Arnold 2 show? Um, he was promoting. What What was that dog shit movie that bombed on him? What? Uh, the, the, the hell movie? Was it the hell movie? Uh, was it the sixth day or end of days? I end of it, days. End of it might days. Might have been end of days. Yeah. Um, that movie sucked. It was. It was Austin versus DX and. Uh, I don't remember him in WWF at all. Yeah, he he was there for like one match. He came out. Vince interviewed him like an old school style promotion, and it was clear as day like this is a paid promotion. But then Arnold stuck around to do commentary, and then. Uh, after the commentary, he slid, uh, or during the fight, the match, he slid Austin a chair and then slapped the shit out of Triple H. Uh, so it was probably yeah. promoting Six Day on in 2000, not End of Days in 99. Uh, yeah, I want to say, well, it was one of them. I, either way, they're those, both shit. Those two movies were, yeah, they were hot garbage. Yeah, uh, Batman and Robin ruined his career. Yeah, it didn't hurt. It, it didn't help. They ruined. No, it, you take not, one of the most. Help. This um, this is those movies after Batman and Robin. End of days, mm-hmm. crap. Six day, crap. Collateral damage, crap. Terminator three, crap. 
Expendables movies, crap. The Last Stand, crap. Escape Plan, crap. Sabotage, crap. Maggie, crap. Aftermath, crap. Terminator Genesis, crap. Terminator Dark Fate, crap. <laughs> he hasn't had one good movie since fucking Batman and Robin. Wow, but yeah. He, and he, leading up to that, it's, well, Beretta. You go True Lies, Junior, Eraser, Jingle All the Way. Yeah. All monsters, including Beretta's Island. <laughs> Which was huge on Sardinia, I hear. Yes. All right, here is Squeezer's second pick. And when we opened the Planet Hollywood in New York, we were hoping that we will have a thousand people going through the restaurants and eating and drinking and having a good time, buying, um, you know, memorabilia and T-shirts and hats, Planet Hollywood hats and jackets and all those things. But we ended up having now between two and 4,000 people going through a day. So it's quite different than what we thought. And it's a, it's a, it became a, a monster business. So we decided to open up in other places. And uh, then those places became us successful. Uh, and now we are doing it overseas for the first time, like in London. I think that the future will be in Paris, in Tokyo, Moscow, um, Egypt, somewhere. I mean, it will be, we literally want to open them all over the world because I think that people are fascinated with Hollywood and love the idea of sitting around and seeing movie memorabilia and seeing stars coming in, if it is local stars or international Hollywood stars and so on. Why does he keep pluralizing memorabilia? <laughs> it, it, no, it's possessive. The, mem- <laughs> the memorabilia belong to the memorabilia. Ah. Or the Planet Hollywood was, belongs was to the memorabilia. Schwarzenegger involved in Planet Hollywood? Uh, from the very beginning. Was he a, a part of it? Uh, he, he, yeah, he was. So what they did was uh, a, there was a restaurant chain, um, uh, the Earl... Uh, the hell? Earl Enterprises, Robert Earl, um, opened, wanted to open up a restaurant chain themed around Hollywood and movies. So they went and brought in the biggest stars of the time. They brought in Stallone, Bruce Willis, Demi Moore, Arnold, um, and eventually uh, like Whoopi joined on and uh, Don Johnson. Is this but, still a thing? Um, there's still a few left. There's still a few left. Uh, in all the big cities, like you would think. In the... Where is like it in New York? touristy kind of places. Is it still in New York? I think so. I don't know where the fuck it is. Um, I thought there was... Uh, yeah. It's in Times Square. You're probably right by it. I don't recall seeing it. Temporarily closed. Oh, uh, it's the Planet Hollywood Buca. So it, I don't know if it was like the Buca de Beppos and they made it a planet. Because they also bought uh, Buca de Beppos at some point. Because they're just, it's one of those conglomerate kind of things, you know. It gets messy. Uh, and it did get messy. So what they did was they brought in all these stars as both investors and then as spokespeople and kind of presented it as this is their restaurant. Oh, no, it's closed, dude. It's not there anymore. Oh, really? Yep. Planet Hollywood, Times Square, New York. This location is closed if you go on their website. Oh, wow. Because it's even considered, like, they still... I was just there, and there was no Planet Hollywood anywhere. Looks like 
Orlando, Los it Angeles. Must have just happened recently, then. Orlando, Los Angeles Airport, Las Vegas, and I've seen the Las Vegas one. It's a hotel. London, Paris, Malta, and Qatar. That's it. <laughs> uh, this, uh... Huh. And the Paris one's in Disneyland. Because they said in in November it relocated. Oh, November two thousand. Uh, yeah, maybe it didn't make it out of the last two years, or maybe people just stopped caring altogether. Because it really, it had its time to shine, and that was it. But the thing was, it made itself not. It it wasn't special anymore. So it started off <coughs> as a, as a few restaurants, and the idea was they were like these locations you can go. And of course, Arnold pitches it as. You know, you see all these stars coming in and out. No. And memorabilia. Yeah. No, yeah, there's memorabilia. There's some props. There's some, a lot of replica props, too. Um, and, but no movie star is just popping into Planet Hollywood because that's where all the celebrities go. That's what it was sold as. And people actually went there thinking that they were going to see celebrities. <laughs> and they would ask. Oh, is Arnold here? Yes, because Arnold is, you know, fucking rubes. The, you know, yeah. Um, I have you ever been to a Planet Hollywood? Uh, n- I've been to the casino, like walk through it, but I never been to the restaurant okay. proper. I like been to the restaurant. Never like it wasn't like a family trip to Planet Hollywood. We <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Um. I I was at one. Can you guess what metropolitan mecca I went to a Planet Hollywood in? Baltimore. Where you would think, oh, man, right off the bat, huh? Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) I was just a lucky guess. (laughs) Yeah, the Baltimore Planet Hollywood. (laughs) That's what what Inner Harbor is known for, Planet Hollywood. Yeah, well, you can't really leave Inner Harbor unless you want to get mugged. I'm sorry, yeah, that's well, mean, but it's true. <laughs> I've watched The Wire. Um, yeah, I, I, I've worked in Baltimore. It's, yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, it was part of the Inner Harbor like redevelopment plan, like kind of like what they're trying to do. Yeah, they built right it all here. around um, the new baseball park. Yeah. Um, so they also add like, and it was basically. They you know just what? Went... I've been in that one. Uh, Meredith and I went to a wedding. We, uh, my Meredith. Morakovitz, to name drop, both she's a friend of both of ours, so not just me. Um, I went to. She asked me to be a wedding date. To, um, I forget who he played. He played in the NBA, but I f- I forget what his fucking name is. And it was his wedding was down there, and her and I got drunk. We had a few drinks in the Planet Hollywood. So that was a, that was like maybe twelve years ago. Uh, it would have had to have been more than that. Maybe it wasn't playing in Hollywood then. It was a chain. Was there a Hard Rock there? There, yeah, there was a Hard Rock. There was an ESPN Zone. That's probably the Hard Rock then. Um, yeah, cause they, um, yeah, I don't think you were of drinking age when Planet Hollywood closed. There, it was two thousand one. It got shut down. Hmm. Yep. It was only oh, it was only open from ninety eight to two thousand one in uh, Inner Harbor. And how many celebrities were there on a daily basis? Well, I was there once, um, and I am on a podcast and have uh, shot a number of internet shorts. I guess that makes me a celebrity, right? 
Yes. All right, that's one. Uh, my mom's house is in our Christmas commercial, so she's kind of a celebrity. Uh, but like, she's part of, like the memorabilia thing. So it's like there's one piece of memorabilia. Um, I don't know. There's probably more famous people at the aquarium in the water than like. There's probably a more famous fish at the Baltimore Aquarium than celebrities at the the Planet Hollywood. I don't remember much. I remember the alien. They had an alien there from Alien. Now, I don't know if it was an actual alien like prop or if it was just a sculpt of it, a recreation. Um, I don't feel like that's something that you just ship to a Baltimore Planet Hollywood. If it's like the real deal. Uh, but... Other than that, like, I don't remember. Like, that's the thing. Like, maybe there's some, like, poorly developed photos from there. But, I, I don't know. It was kind of fleeting. Like, I, if if it was really, like, I don't know. It just, it's definitely going for that tourism thing. If you want to really see Hollywood, like, there's no. It was a ripoff of like, the Hard Rock Cafe. It is. It's a hundred percent a ripoff of the Hard Rock Cafe, but like you're you're trying you're selling that like real experience and like you get to experience Hollywood. Like no, you're not. Just it's just like probably um, get, there's probably just as much movie memorabilia than Applebee's. What's uh, the other one I'm thinking? Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, you know there's still a Rainforest Cafe uh, in existence that operates in Atlantic City Boardwalk. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. The Times Square Rainforest Cafe is also shut down. Oh. Um, so the problem here was they got a little too big for their britches. And their first couple stores or restaurants slash stores because they were stores. Um, they were expecting to see like, you know, th- they were seeing like 400, 500 percent volume over what they expected. And that's because you have these limited stores. It's a, you're, you're pushing it. It's a hot thing to do. It's like the experience. But the thing is, it's the experience. You go once. <laughs> oh, we went to Planet Hollywood. You saw the stuff. You had the same food that you can get in Applebee's. And then you left. And then you told that story at the office the next day. And then by next week, you forgot about it. But it's not like you kept going back like, oh, let's go to Planet Hollywood for dinner tonight. Maybe if you live down there and it's nearby, but you know, now you're playing those, you know, tourist markup prices, so no one's really gonna do that. But they didn't look long term, they just saw the immediate I was gonna say immediate future, but what they were making at the time, so they just started expanding and expanding and throwing them everywhere to the point where they had one in Baltimore. And um they were expanding at some point roughly 40 to 50% per year. That was their business plan. Uh, that's too big. Okay, Dr. That's, business. I'm just saying that's a little too fast. And it bit them in the ass because now there is what? Like, I think there's seven left. Uh, by like 2000-ish, I think that's when Arnold got out. Um he dumped all his stock in it. 
and then I think a lot of celebrities started uh, backing out by then, and it wasn't it wasn't this prestigious thing to be a part of anymore, and it wasn't this like fun experience. It became a joke. It became a punchline, um, and now it's just the future front for a number of Halloween adventure stores. <laughs> If we had one nearby, though, I'd probably would. If one just kind of popped up overnight, I'd go to Planet Hollywood again, sure. Hmm. All right, my squeezer's there. Let's move on to my next, my second pick. We got to hurry this up. We're an hour and fucking 10 minutes into this show. Jeez. So you might be thinking, wait, that's the song from Contra. Uh, the show starts off with the opening of Contra every time you listen to it, Squeezer, right? Yeah, it does. Uh, what does this have to do with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Well, the original Contra was a direct attempt at emulating several popular action movies from the 80s. Um, I re- I, I'm pulling my data from ScreenRant.com, but this was common knowledge that... Uh, the two main characters were modeled after Arnold from Commando and Sylvester Stallone from First Blood Part Two. Uh, like they look exactly like them. Um, they were muscle-bound soldiers who never took that trigger, their finger off the trigger of the machine guns. Uh, aliens in the mix that sometimes look just like they do in Predator and Alien, the movie Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, move, they move just like them. Yeah, I mean, once you infiltrate the Red Falcon stronghold, it begins to look a lot like aliens. Um, so the artist who created the box of the game for the game agreed with our assessment. The two soldiers on the box of Contra bear more than a passing resemblance to Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Some of the later Contra games will repeat this and use a blatant copy of Rambo on their box art. Uh, the combo, the Contra box wasn't just stealing the likeness of real actors. The alien in the background seems a little familiar, too. It it's, looks like a xenomorph. It's basically what they're insinuating. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they ripped a lot off of H.R. Geiger um, with the xenomorph. Um, I mean, how did they not get sued for that? I don't. I don't know if anyone took it's, video games that serious, but but uh, but I don't know. I mean, you, it's clearly a xenomorph. Universal did sue Nintendo over Donkey Kong. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how they never got sued. I guess it was close, but not exactly. Over Don- Oh, over the King Kong thing. No, 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 no. The, Nintendo's. Oh, Nintendo won. That may be. That might be why no one got sued. Universal sued Nintendo over King Kong, uh, Donkey Kong, because of King Kong. Yeah, and lost. Uh, but King Kong is so iffy. Like that's that's like the yeah, because who owns the rights to it? That's yeah, the black hole of yeah. But maybe lawsuits. once there's a precedent, you know. Mm, true. Um, but they or they would just they they just pull your line that it's parody. Yeah, it's parody. Uh, yeah. So you got these two action stars. You're basically playing through an action movie. Like, of, of course, this is, and it's a fun game. It's hard as fuck, but this game is fun. And every mm-hmm. kid who had a Nintendo wanted Contra, and they wanted to put the Konami code in, and they wanted to an attempt at beating it. I didn't really play many of the other uh, Contra games. Did you? Uh, Super C. Yeah, it wasn't as um, fun. Nothing 
nothing compared to the original. No. There, there is something about it, time and place. Even when they spruce up the graphics a bit, and uh, the, there is something. It was the soundtrack, the gameplay, the feel of the game, the way it starts. Like it was cool, and it was the first time you saw. I, I didn't even know it was an arcade game till I was like in my twenties. Yeah, you know, I just thought it was a cool fucking Nintendo game. Yeah, and I, a lot of it has to do with timing too. Like it, if. It came out a little bit later. It wouldn't have had the same, uh, you know, saturation, same, same effect you have playing a game. Then you know, because like it was groundbreaking then, and, that's, and then they made a bunch of copies that weren't nearly as good. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. Now the first one's the best. I read this weird fact about a strange, obscure cameo. Um. Uh, so in Konami made Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the arcade game and the Nintendo version Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 the arcade game once you reach the second level of the game there's a brief break in between the battles against the Foot Clan a girl will skateboard across the screen seemingly for no reason if you try to attack her then she will cower in fear in Contra Rebirth for Nintendo Wii the exact same cowering skateboard girl is seen again She'll be escaping amongst a group of scared people that are fleeing the alien invasion of the city. This is about uh, as obscure a cameo you will ever see. Hmm. And it was this game named after the real-life Contra going on in the 70s and 80s at the time? I, I think that's where they got the name from. So, the name Contra comes from a real-life group of soldiers... While it's not 100% confirmed that the game was named after this group, there are a few pieces of evidence that point towards the connection between the two. Throughout the 80s, there was a resistant group in Nicaragua that was being funded by the CIA. They were known as Contras, which is Spanish, the Spanish word for against, as in opposition. Uh, a contrarian, I guess. They opposed the socialistic government that was in control of Nicaragua at the time and committed hundreds of terroristic attacks against them. The campaign lasted for over 12 years. When Congress blocked funding for the group, the Reagan administration began financing them in secret. This led to the event that we now refer to as the Iran-Contra affair. Yeah, that's the whole Oliver North thing. Yes. So why was this name chosen for the video game? The Contras had been in the headline throughout the 80s, so it's possible that the people at Konami decided to emulate the group for one of their video games. The biggest clue to the connection between the two groups can be seen in the soundtrack for the arcade version of Contra. The 11th song in the game is called uh, Sandinista, which is a group, a name of a group the real-life Contras were opposing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, Contra. Arnold Schwarzenegger had uh, everything to do with uh, this game being made. If, in fact, if he didn't exist, we might not have Contra, the video game. Oh, well, I'm glad he's here. Squeezer, your third pick. Total excitement. I lost him. There! Fasten your seatbelt. Total adventure. You guys are trouble! Now you've done it! Total experience. Get ready for the big surprise. You wouldn't hurt me. After all, we're married. Total Schwarzenegger. Consider that a divorce. Total recall.
told did you notice the nintendo game starting our youtube show squeezer is that what it was yeah. I, I thought it might have been but it was total recall i i don't i've never actually played it i'm not gonna lie i never which is it. surprising because i love the movie did you see the remake uh no neither did i I no, just like the I didn't original. feel like I'm like, no, what? It's the perfect the way it is. Three boobs. Yeah, that's all I and, like. And I heard, is. and it just and they and just face made it dark and gritty. They just suck the charm out of it. I know it might be good, but uh, there, there's something about the first Total Recall, and it, this is like Paul Verhoeven, Paul Verhoeven, the most Paul Verhoeven thing there is to Paul Verhoeven. Right. Um. And it does it so well, and it's it borderlines parody, which is kind of like what he does with all his films, and it, it it's serious, but it there's a little bit of tongue in cheek in it at all times, mm-hmm. um, and there's also like morals and lessons and shit, but there's Boo. a lot of shooting and awesomeness going, and boobs and triple boobies, triple boobs, um, skulls opening, which. As a kid, you're like, oh, that's the most amazing thing in the world. And I was just watching before the show tonight as I was like putting my notes together and stuff. I'm like, I'll just put it on so it's fresh again. Uh, even though I do watch it more regularly than most other Arnold things. I, I probably see it more than anything else from time to time. It's on at random, and or I'll just put it on. And like, I feel like watching Total Recall. What's up, Sheldon Roasted Gaming? Congratulations on the new position, brother. Sorry, I'm just randomly shouting out to the chat, Squeezer. Oh, I thought you just promoted me on the show. Thanks. Yes, you are my favorite handsome boy. Awesome! What was I before? Mm, just a handsome boy. You're not my favorite Ow. handsome boy. Who was your favorite? Well, I didn't have one. Oh, okay. Well, glad that... That's what I do. I make positions for myself. Um... But yeah, it's um, based off of a Philip K. Dick book, and then go it, it the concept of it, and then it goes off in its own own little world. Originally, Dino De Laurentiis had the rights to it, and they went bankrupt at just the right time mm. um, for this not to be produced, because I guess he made a statement saying like this is one movie Arnold will not play this character, Ooh. and. I guess it kind of pissed Arnold off, and because in their mind they wanted it to be like a that every every man kind of, you know, anyone can be a secret agent kind of thing when Arnold looks like a you know a super soldier. But at the same time, in this he doesn't. Um, I'll get to that. But there's a, a scene I was talking about, like his rippling muscles. There's a scene in the movie. Early on, where he's jackhammering for no reason, just hammering rocks, kind of like Stallone did in like in uh, First Blood Two, just like just because you want to see him swing a hammer, hitting rocks all sweaty and muscly, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's just a close up of his biceps of him just jackhammering and his muscles just bulging and flexing, and uh, it's fan- mm. it, I'm not gonna lie, it was amazing. Um, but it was purposely put in there as like a slap in the face to Dino De Laurentiis. Um, because he didn't want some muscle-bound freak in his movies, so Arnold just put these him and Paul Verhoeven put these muscle-bound freak arms in there. 
Because as soon as the, the rights dropped, Arnold went and told them, hey, you go buy these rights. Um, I'll make the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he wanted uh, Paul Verhoeven involved because after he was supposed to, there was talk about Arnold doing RoboCop. Um, but then that didn't happen. And then he saw RoboCop and he's like, I want to work with this guy. And that led to them doing Total Recall. And there's just something about this movie that everything kind of just clicks the the settings are great. All the actors are fucking fantastic. You got Arnold, um, and uh, Sharon Stone is Dan- that her and her little in a, the tennis outfit where they have the knife fight. Mm-hmm. That a, as a young mm-hmm, mm-hmm, twelve something, mm-hmm, eleven mm-hmm. twelve something. It yeah the. You get the feels that, and it's got Michael Ironside, and I will always—he's awesome in it. My Michael Ironside in a uh, Paul Verhoeven movie, the two things are just perfect, and he's just so evil, and he always just plays that one name, real, uh, like harsh last name. Was it like Riddick? He's always just this mean guy. Uh, but he, he's fantastic, and then uh, he gets cut in half. It's pretty awesome by an elevator. Spoilers. Um, and it's massively violent. I almost forgot how violent this movie is. And it's all, well, it's Paul Verhoeven. Um, but I, I feel like it actually does more justice making it that violent, where some people would see it and be like, oh, that's over the top. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if there's all this shooting and you're shooting people at point blank range, it's going to be messy. I feel like it does it more justice to show the gruesome violence versus like something out of like uh, a commando where, yeah, he's gunning guys down left and right and half of them kind of just fall over, you know? Yeah. The body counts high. But by showing the gruesomeness and, like, the exit wounds and the splatter and the gore of it, I feel like it actually serves more of a purpose to reinforce how awful violence is. I agree. That's my college bullshit thesis. I agree. Um, And Arnold in it is – it's funny because this is what I was talking about when you said twins. Um, He – before twins, like he was doing yeah, all his meathead movies, and in this one, yeah, it's an action movie, but he doesn't have to be Arnold, you know, to do these actiony things. Yeah, he does his like ripped muscle thing with the jackhammer, like I talked about ad nauseum. But for the rest of the movie, he's more of like a Bruce Willis, <coughs> John McClane style survival mode kind of guy. He can get into a fight. He can handle himself, but he's running, shooting. Like he's not like ripping a shirt off and like breaking guys in half like Bane, you know. Right. And I, I feel like it does more justice to him as an actor that he kind of got out of that uh, Terminator, uh, you know, commando predator soldier role, and he does come across as just. A normal guy, a giant Austrian monstrous man, but still just a normal run of the mill 
giant Austrian man, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, I think it's one of his best roles because that. Like, he, he's able to do all his action, but not fall into that trap of being Arnold in the process. All right. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, shall we continue? Oh, let's shall. Here's my next off the beaten path pick. Mein Bratwurst has a first name. It's F R I T C. Mein Bratwurst has a second name. It's S C H N A C K E N P F E F F E R H A U S E N. Excuse me, which way to the chess club? What's your name, nerd? Melvin Eugene Puny Meyer. <laughs> well, well, a big muscle bound nerd. <laughs> Just more of you to pick on. The geek shall inherit the earth. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's nice. Let's say hello to my music guy, Scoy. <laughs> that is some outfit, Scoy. It makes you look like a homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you all are homosexuals, too. Come to Papa. Get Medusa. Mendoza! Those are just some of the great Rainier Wolfcastle. Uh, Rainier Luftwaff <laughs> Wolfcastle. <laughs> He's Austrian. He's muscle bound. His wife's name is Maria <laughs> Wolfcastle. He drives a Hummer H1 and a Ferrari F uh, F40, uh, and um, he's an actor and an action star in Springfield. Who's clearly, um, even though Arnold Schwarzenegger winds up being in the show itself. Uh, mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger is in the Simpsons movie. Oh yeah, as the president. Hmm. Yes. Um. So, apart from the McBain series, Wolf Castle plays Radioactive Man in an ill-fated uh, live-action film that uh, Milhouse was supposed to play Fallout Boy in. My eyes. My eyes. Wolf the goggles Ca- do nothing. <laughs> Wolf Castle has also ventured into comedic roles. In one episode, he carries Homer and an oversized snuggly for babies, remarking, I used it to carry Rob Schneider in the movie My Baby's an Ugly Man. <laughs> he has the same political trappings as uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, as he's a prominent member of the Republican Party. He uh, noted his candidacy for mayor in the recall election of the Democrat Mayor Diamond Joe Quimby. Who uh, era? I am uh, era. Uh, a part of a party that might uh, be married to, Re- and he. I think he's Rainier Wolfcastle is also in his family at some point, but I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, he's a member of the inner circle of the Republican Party with Mr. Burns, Krusty the Clown, Doctor Hibbert, the Rich Texan, Count Dracula, <laughs> <laughs> and Bob Dole. He um, also. Campaigned as a Republican mayor candidate and as a supporter of Sideshow Bob for mayor. However, uh, he disagrees with his parties on the issue of stem cell research, just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
he battles frequently with his weight problems, even though trying to pass it off as something he's doing for a film role. Um, Jay Sherman, the critic, introduced Wolf Castle in an interview on his TV show as the star of the reprehensible McBain movies. Um, there's a McBain. He's disgusted with the basic premise of McBain. Let's get silly. Um, let's see. He was a presenter at the Academy Awards, a spokesperson for Power Sauce Energy Bars, which were made, I think, of Chinese newspapers, right? Oh, yeah. Those are the ones that Homer's uh, eating Homer when he climbs a mountain. Climb Mount, yeah. uh, what the hell Mount Springfield. Mount Springfield, yeah. I think. Um, he was a celebrity judge for How Low Will You Go? Um, he had Up Late with McBain, which we heard. <laughs> Maybe you're all homosexuals. Um, he's the co-owner of Planet Springfield. Ah, there you go. Along with Chuck Norris and Johnny Carson's third wife and the Russian mafia. <laughs> it's probably not far off from the real thing. Um, his other films include Help, My Son is a Nerd. <laughs> Don't laugh, it's not a comedy. Uh, which we, we heard. Mrs. Mom, a movie based on the Marge Simpson script. Frankenberry the movie, I Shoot Your Face, I Shoot Your Face Again. And, um, of course, McBain, Let's Get Silly, a 90-minute movie consisting of McBain performing stand-up comedy in character and using automatic weapons on the audience members who heckle <laughs> Which is said to have cost $80 million to produce. Uh, yeah, so, McBain, uh, You know, they call him the son of a Nazi. He um, clearly is a, a a parody of of Arnold Schwarzenegger and a great part of the Simpsons and Springfield. Um, family and his middle name, <laughs> Luftwaffe, is hysterical. <laughs> the Nazi Germany's Air Force. <laughs> Rene Luftwaffe, Wolfcastle. That's uh, my third pick. Squeezer, your fourth. Here it is. Terminator 2, the future warrior brought back to save our world. His mission, to destroy the evil T-1000. In his mobile assault vehicle, Terminator scours the streets for his deadly foe. Adios, amigo. It's the ultimate confrontation as Power Arm Terminator faces certain death, only to return stronger and more powerful as Techno Punch Terminator. Hasta la vista, baby. Terminator 2. I'll be back. My God. Yeah. Oh, that's not even what I was talking about, but yeah, that was rough. I love how I mean, they that... re- I love how they refer to Terminator 2 as a person. Terminator 2, he's back. <laughs> Well, kids are dumb and parents are dumber, so they don't want to confuse anyone. That's true. Um, yeah, that was rough. Clearly, it's uh, Kenner did not want to spend the money <laughs> to get Arnold for their commercial. Um, and I don't know if there was a thing where it's like, I'll we, be can't back. Clo- <laughs> we can't do parody or we can't have someone even come close. 
Have uh, Jim down in a cat and does a great Arnold. Let's get him in here to <laughs> to finish off this spot. It'll be perfect. Oh, no. That's too close. I'll do it myself. I'll be back. Or, or it, it sounds like they were just, it was part of the rough cut. Like they just had someone. Yeah, it was it, like me. It was me like the pitch. My phone and. And they're just like, oh shit, yeah. we forgot to take that out. <laughs> oh, well. We spent, we gave Arnold all this money to do it. And it's just sitting on a tape somewhere. Kids won't, kids won't know. Uh, by the time the commercial aired, they were already at KB. So. Mm-hmm. Um, these toys are pretty awesome. Um, and who wouldn't love an awesome Arnold action figure? Uh, d- depending on which ones you get. So you can even the Techno Punch Terminator, which is basically the the T eight hundred with just the the skeleton, looks more like Arnold than even like the Battle Damage one. Because the battle damage one is like that has the face plate that when you crank his arm it pops off and mm. you see part of the skeleton. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look anything like him. Mm-hmm. But the power arm terminator, that's like the spitting image of Arnold. Right down to and it's split, like you have the skull on one side, his face on the other. He's got a robotic left arm that you can snap on, snap off, like rocket launchers or a claw. Yes. Or a spiky thing, just like Arnold. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, these are like, uh, there's nothing says you made it like having an action figure of yourself. And Arnold clearly made it at this point. Hell, even, uh, duh, who the hell is John Connor? Wait, what? Uh, Edward Furlong. Oh, Edward, Edward Furlong. Furlong. Yeah, Edward Furlong. Yeah, Edward yeah. Furlong. Yeah, even he had an action figure. Even, uh, uh what's her name had one? Yeah, he came with his dirt bike. Um... Michael Keaton had an action figure. He was just he had, Michael Keaton. He had many. <laughs> yeah, but not even as Batman, just like him alone. His Bruce Wayne. It's yeah. like, oh, it's just Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton wearing a turtleneck. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love uh, these the Kenner T2 line. I had a whole bunch of them. I had the motorcycle, uh, the T1000s from the cop to the exploding one, which is just the... <clears throat> the alien scorpion action um, where they just ex- he explodes um, of course I did not have the John Connor I don't think anyone had that John Connor um, although it would be cool to have the dirt bike uh, but yeah th- it was an awesome toy line and it was very it was the perfect amount of Kenner um, where they, they had things that are similar to the movie and then they kind of just went off and like we gotta make things different just enough to sell these things Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, there were some some really cool figures out there, and I go back and it was one of my favorite shows, and one of my favorite concepts was the R-rated toy lines. Um, because yes. it is kind of ridiculous. Like, it's not a kids' movie. It's not something you can really sell toys for, but they did. Uh, and they ma- they made it fun. They made it. They made you know. A nuclear winter for humanity and robots from the future. I mean, actually, yeah, it's a kid's movie. It's absolutely a kid's movie. Don't tell me that they weren't thinking, oh, kids are definitely going to see this. They're just going to sneak in and see it. Or just tell the little, the high school kid not to check IDs, you know, when they're buying tickets. Because, yeah, what 12-year-old doesn't want to go see the Terminator, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Arnold, that is... 
I would say it's the best of the Arnold toy lines. Definitely better, of course, than the uh, Last Action Hero toy line. Which wasn't oh, terrible, yeah. but Terminator by far is the best. I agree. I agree with that sentiment. Squeezer. Yeah. Um, that is ready. To, I think that's time signaling time to move on to my next. Batman and Robin. Mr. Freeze wants the shivering shockwave, but heat scan Batman's thermal sensors make Freeze sweat. And now the blazing bat hammer lights up the night, ready for the final fight, sending the frozen fiend to a massive meltdown. Batman and Robin. Figures and vehicles each sold separately. Batteries not included. Ah, uh, yes. Batman. <clears throat> okay, see, you thought you were going to lose your voice first. <laughs> I win. And uh, I, I always am, am that person. I sat too long listening to Kenner commercials. and <clears throat> <Nah>. <laughs> So Batman and Robin, a piece of shit 1997 movie that came out at the time. But I was so fucking excited to see this movie, Squeezer, and I fucking mm -hmm. loved it after I saw it. I was obsessed with it. <clears throat> I'm not going to lie. Now I see it as a piece of shit that it is. <laughs> at the time I was super excited to see it I was super excited they cast Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze I thought it was awesome that they had Bane in it even though Bane was just nothing I was just happy to see Bane in it I'm like Bane's yeah. in it Man, and talk about fucking wasting a character yeah and Uma Thurman as uh, Poison Ivy who I would argue she's an okay uh, yeah 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 um, not great but okay so Kenner, obviously, uh, owned by Hasbro at the time, released toys like they do. They released the same exact Wayne Manor Batcave playset that they did for every single other set. Just changed the packaging. <laughs> they um, if, I, if I could, in Uma Thurman's defense, do you think it had more to do with the circumstances in which the movie that she's in? Like, if it would have been Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy in the um, Christian Bale Batmans, we would be like talking her up as she absolutely killed it. I think she. I thought she didn't do too bad in the, uh, all things considered in this movie. Uh, but again, all things considered, like yeah. if you would have put her in a better circumstance, perhaps yeah, she would have. Oh, we, of know, course, or even a Tim Burton or a Tim Burton Poison Ivy with her, like one way or the other. Yeah. Just yeah. Digression aside. Yeah. Sorry. The, so Kenner produced toys, and I'm produced toys, and I'm talking about the Arnold Schwarzenegger action figures. He got his action figure as Terminator, and now he has his action figure as Mister Freeze. And you think, why would he sign up to do a movie uh, so campy with so many goddamn fucking freeze puns? It's because they paid him twenty five million dollars to do the movie, <laughs> and he had some sort of clause in the movie where. Uh, 12 hours it was like a 12 hour workout clause um 12 hour no i'm sorry a 12 hour workday policy he can only work 12 hours a day built into his contract uh but plus he had to get like in his chair makeup on and suited up he probably worked for like a minute a day and he got a paid a million dollars he was on the set for about 25 days to a month he got about a million dollars a day to be in this movie. Of course he's going to fucking do it. And he had fun yeah. doing it. Mr. Freeze became popular because of Paul Dini's uh, Heart of Ice in the <clears throat> Batman the Animated Series, which gave true uh, gravitas and backstory to the Victor Freeze character and motivation. Um, 
uh, and it led to some pretty weird action figures. Uh, the 12-inch scale, there was a 12-inch scale. He got a 12-inch figure, uh, but no one cared about that. He was They, had, they were doing two-packs. They started the two-packs with Batman Forever. Um, it's, you automatically get like a Batman and a bad guy. So there was a cold, I believe it was called the Cold Night in Gotham two-pack. Cold Night in Gotham City, night spelled K-N-I-T. And it had a Mr. Freeze. That was a pretty cool figure. Your basic freeze gun, armor, frozen. And uh, Batman had some sort of freeze protection suit. But there was like like clear plastic, blue plastic things that clipped on the Batman to make it look like he had like frost on him. Mm-hmm. There was Mr. Freeze's Ice Fortress. Uh, Mr. Freeze battles Batman from his frozen uh, command center. Uh, with ice, with ice disc launcher and firing missiles, and it was just a giant translucent. Like they took leftover plastic from the iMac production and made this uh, headquarters. And Batgirl is featured because Batgirl was in this movie. <coughs> Alicia Silverstone. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is is not holding up. There was the. Cryo Freeze Chamber, uh, Mr. Freeze's Cryo Freeze Laboratory with working capture claw. So you could technically color change powered diamonds dunk. I didn't have any of this stuff. I'm just looking at pictures of it. It looks pretty cool. I kind of want to see if I could track this down and, and play with it. Yeah. Uh, there was did, you the- have, did you have any Mr. Freeze figures? Yes. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I bought them. Um, I was collect they were like three for ten at kb i didn't buy them at the time but i I bought them afterwards and i was like collecting them i never opened them um i still have them somewhere oh nice yeah they're not worth jack shit but Uh, i was like these will be worth something one day there was the (laughs) deluxe mr freeze the ice terror mr freeze who came with uh um something called the sweet chill dragster and ice crystal rocket which is like an uh oxymoron (laughs) it's the ice crystal rocket um there was a lot of characters in this movie so a lot of action figures uh banes batgirls robins uh they had to do the uh bruce wayne with the, the and is you know the, just like we talked about the Michael Keaton figure, they had to do a Bruce Wayne figure where he's not he doesn't look anything like George Clooney, but he and he, he has a snap on Batman outfit, Bruce Battle Gear Bruce Wayne. Um, they had to do a Poison Ivy figure. They had to do um, multiple Robins, multiple Batmans, and multiple Mister Freeze. I don't even know if Poison Ivy. Actually, yeah, she got like one or two figures. Do you think they knew this or planned this when they were making this movie? It's like adding more characters in just because they knew that they could sell toys. Uh yeah, it was it was it was very toyetic, as uh, they would say. Um, but the toys were really cool looking. That's why I bought them at the mm-hmm. time. They really uh, made some cool looking toys. But that being said, uh, Mister Freeze. We we talked two Arnold Schwarzenegger action figures on this show, Squeezer. Yeah. Moving on to your next pick. Your last pick, Squeezer. Yeah. Zoom in. Uh-oh. 
Looks like Arnold's called in an artillery strike. Best in pieces. Yo, you could really hurt somebody with this thing. Wow, that's a tough break for Stallone. Not to mention the cleanup crew, Nick. <laughs> I am the winner. I am the winner. Stallone, Thank you. do you know where you are? Are you okay? Thank you. How many fingers am I holding up? Schwarzenegger has done it. There's nothing left of Stallone but a big stain on the camera. Do you have anything to say to all your fans out there? Yes, I do. Ow, my back. Thank you, Arnold. And give my best to Maria. Back <laughs> to you, Nick. Oh, my back. <laughs> um, that was the one I was actually referring to at the start of this show when I said we should just pull anyone out of the office and... Um, use me? Use you. Oh, yeah, so, my back. I did it. Yeah. I won the uh, the celebrity death match against Celeste yeah. Stallone. Ooh, Look, I think... Yeah, that, let me tell and you all, something, all, brother. All due respect to Let's the second in the ring with the macho man. I, I don't know. Do we really want to see these two meatheads fight? I, I I just feel like it'd be a waste of my time. Let's just throw them in the pit, hmm? <laughs> um, but all, and all due respect to uh, David McGrath, who voiced Arnold. Uh, I looked up his credits for all the other voice work that he's done, and uh, there really isn't any. He's a producer, an ah. animation producer. Uh, Spider-Man, Speed Racer, and uh, Beavis and Butthead do America. I uh, did a lot of work on that. So I feel like it's one of those things where you're producing... Look, no one's watching Celebrity Deathmatch because they want to hear the voices spot on. Right. Let's just find someone, hey, do the voice, and you're good to go. Um, I forgot. I don't know why. This is one of those shows where I watched all the time when it was on, and it kind of just slipped my memory um, until I was looking for Arnold stuff, and it kind of just popped in there. Um. This was from the, the the second episode, if you don't count the two uh, pilots uh, that ran previously. Um, and this was, uh, what the hell, episode, this was from uh, episode two titled, Where is Stallone? And this was the main event. Uh, your first matchup was Rosie O'Donnell versus Oprah Winfrey. Um, uh, then uh, the Gallagher uh, brothers fight it out from Oasis. Um, and then, of course, they, they, they smash uh, the, the, the guitar with a mallet, like Gallagher, get it? Hmm. Gallagher, Gallagher, and Gallagher. Uh, and then the main event, uh, Arnold versus Stallone, which everyone wanted to see. And you would think that it was over because Arnold blew up Stallone uh, with a uh, a rocket, but actually Stallone then reformed like the T-1000, and then they got into a punching fight, and then they were both counted, about to be counted out to 10, when Stallone quick tripped Arnold, and Stallone stands up and wins by uh, 10 count. Oh. So it's kind of a cheap win, and I, I almost feel like they were setting up for the future, like they didn't want to kill either... Still, also, they were, like, too cool. Like, there were other celebrities that you would mock and you would love to see get blown up. Um, but, like, you didn't want to blow up Arnold or Stallone, and you didn't want to have a clear winner. So I feel like they were setting something up for the future that didn't necessarily happen. Um, and then, uh, also, uh, <coughs> it starts off with Arnold smoking a cigar, flings it in the crowd, and lights Don King's hair on fire. Uh, which was always amusing. Stone Cold's there doing color commentary, of course. 
Um, it's uh, it's the big matchup. It's what everyone always wanted to see, and it took uh, humorous claymation to bring it bring it to life uh, on MTV. And it was 1998. Hmm. Um, I, th- I think this ran for actually ran pretty long. It's like four or five years, I think. And then it was brought back in like the mid two thousands or something like that, um, like two thousand. I think it, it ran from like two thousand ninety eight to two thousand two, which is like perfect. Like th- this is like the dumb kind of stuff that I would love in high school, and uh, it's when I was in high school. And then like two thousand six, two thousand seven, um, it popped back up, uh, and they did some. Uh, like reboots and stuff. But yeah, episode two, that was your big main event with Arnold versus Stallone. And Stallone came out on top with a cheap shot. Hmm. All right. uh, Let's round this show out with my last pick. Another movie in your life. See True Lies. (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger has never been better. And Time Magazine says there's something for everybody. May I see your invitation, please? Here's my invitation. Arnold Schwarzenegger, True Lies, rated R. Now playing at theaters everywhere. Now playing at theaters everywhere. So, in 19... September of 1994, Squeezer. I gotta go to my creepy (laughs) book to find out. Where I was. Alright. So I was starting 7th grade. I would be kicked out that year. It was probably because of True Lies, Squeezer. Oh. That hmm. I got kicked out of Catholic school. I was 12 years old. My friend Will, his dad, took us to the Plaza 2 at the Whitehall Mall to see True Lies, which was in its second run. Yeah. Um, it's my theater. And um, uh, Jurassic Park was playing, too, for some reason. <laughs> Even though it came out the year prior. I Love Trouble was also showing. Now, in standard theaters was Van Damme's They Killed His Wife Ten Years Ago. There's still time to save her. Time Cop. Murder is forever. Until now. Time Cop, Trial by Jury, The Next Karate Kid, Milk Money, Natural Born Killers, Clear and Present Danger, Mask, and Lion King. Um, Shankweller's The Drive-In had The Mask and City Slickers 2. Becky's had Clear and Present Danger and True Lies, the double feature. That's a good matchup. That's a great matchup. Um, yeah, but all, all the second-run theaters were playing... Seemed to be playing Jurassic Park and and True Lies. The Strand in Kutztown had Baby's Day Out, Little Rascals, Jurassic Park, and True Lies. Um, the Truxler Mall Cinemas had Airheads, North, Black Beauty, I Love Trouble, Maverick, and True Lies. The Franklin... On uh, 5th and Tillman. Remember that theater? Yeah, in fact, they just tore it down not yeah. that long ago, I think. Had Black Beauty and True Lies. 
Uh, the movies in Hellertown had Angels in the Outfield and The Color of Night, two movies we've talked about on this show. Oh, yes. Uh, and the Roxy was showing Black Beauty and True Lies in Northampton. That's what you have a painting of in your office, right? Yeah, that's the Roxy. Yep. Yeah, that was a dollar all seats. Uh, Plaza Two yeah, was a dollar. That's, we went. We went there a lot. Well, we went. We went to the Plaza Two and the the Trexler Town for Trexler Town was a dollar fifty. Plaza was a dollar. Hmm. Um, Surprised we didn't go there more then. But I don't. I never realized until you told me that that was a second run. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I, we didn't. Have, I didn't know what movies were out and when. Like I, I just assumed. If I didn't know until I was older that was it was out, second you know, run. So. But yeah. Um, because I saw Batman, the '89 Batman at Truxer Mall Cinema, and that's second run. So clearly, I saw it late in its run. But I saw it in the summer. I, I just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, Tillman Eight was showing movies, first run movies for two seventy five though. So I don't know how what a deal a dollar was. Yeah. See, I wasn't allowed to cross Grape Street uh, until I, by the time I was old enough and allowed, like my mom would take us to Plaza Two, and that was like our go to. But I wasn't allowed to cross Grape Street on my own with my bike, so I couldn't get to that theater. So we'd have to go to the uh, General Cinemas. General Cinema. They were showing Time Cop, A Good Man in Africa, Natural Born Killers, Barcelona, Clear and Present Danger, Forrest Gump, Fresh, and The Mask. And then their midnight movies were The Crow, Wolf, Beverly Hills Cop 3, Time Cop, Rocky Horror, and Above the Rim. They always had a lot going on there. Mm Mm-hmm. This was like the it's first decent arcade out front too. Uh, this was the first R-rated movie I saw in the theater though, and I'll always remember mm. that, like him taking us there and just being like, "Oh fuck, we're seeing an R-rated movie." <laughs> oh damn! I felt so like, like that was like you know adulthood. Here we are though, our first schmuffinless show, Squeezer. No, sad. Poor girl. Yeah. Rest in peace. We'll be missed. I'm sorry, buddy. Oh, she's not suffering anymore, but she's also yeah. not coming in and screaming on the show. Aww. But uh, we mourn her, uh, but we also celebrate her with this show. And next week we celebrate Ghostbusters. Cause what an honor. The culmination of 30, almost 40 some years of, no, not 40 yet. Still two years away from forty, because I'm not forty yet. <laughs> Some math years, the culmination of math. <laughs> um, my whole life, I've been a Ghostbusters fan, Squeezer. Before mm-hmm. I was a fan of Batman, before I was a yeah. fan of anything, I was a fan of Ghostbusters. Yeah, it was my. Fr- it was probably my first. It was my second. He Man was my first. Ah, uh, see, I was. We had that talk. Like I never understood in. Ghostbusters 2, why the kids were chanting for He-Man. I'm like, why are you chanting for He-Man well, the Ghostbusters? Well, it didn't make sense by the time Ghostbusters 2 was out because He-Man was way deader than the Ghostbusters yeah. were. <laughs> so I didn't get it either. I was like, girl. Uh, it's hard to chant Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or, you know. Yeah. It was it was funny. It was a funny joke. They're probably like, make them say He-Man. And they, it, it yeah. was probably the funniest. Um. But yeah, we see Ghostbusters. We'll we'll talk to you before I see Ghostbusters Afterlife next week. But next week's show will be a show dedicated to everything Ghostbusters. One of many shows we've done dedicated to everything Ghostbusters. But 
that's the way the cookie crumbles, Squeezer, because... Hmm. Um, and then, uh, it's our Thanksgiving show, Squeezer. Oh, that already? Yeah. God damn, that went fast. Yeah, we're, uh, uh, this week is, is Arnold, next week, um, is Ghostbusters, then Thankful, and then we start our Christmas shows, December 1st. What happened? And on December, the week of December 8th, we'll have to record on the 7th, because I have to be out in Hershey. I might be able to record that night, though, in Hershey. Let's see if I have a oh. good internet connection. All right. Well, we can play it safe and recording seventh. Yeah. 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 I don't know how late the game will go, so. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well. Record the seventh. Um. But yeah, we start. We we have Ghostbusters Thanksgiving, then we start Christmas, and then we're in the 2022 kids. We'll be planning our summer 2022 shows in no time. Oh, I, I got, oh I got uh, by the those. way, this is happy fifth year anniversary. Wait, really? Yeah, we posted our first show on November 13th. Oh, yeah. Happy anniversary. Wow, five five years, years we've been doing the Rad Years podcast. Trudging through this. Five years of talking about the same shit over and over and over. We could not have done it without you telling me how much I suck at impressions. Yep. That's what gets us through it. But thank you all for listening. Thank you for being here five years. Hopefully we're here another five years. But we'll definitely be here next week talking Ghostbusters. How the hell are we going to do this for another five years? Who knows? Somehow I see it still happening now. Yeah. Um, it's just something we do. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's, it's like what we talk about. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can go ahead and rate and review us and subscribe to us. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you could subscribe and hit the little bell for notifications on YouTube and comment and like our YouTube show and, and listen to it on YouTube so we could get more streaming hours and, and get in the algorithm. Or you could email us at rk at radios.com or squeezer at radios.com and tell us to go fuck ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Or that you love us. I get excited. Either way. Oh, I got mail. Yeah. But we'll be back next week. Uh, I'm RK. And I'm Squeezer. See you, everybody.